This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Flat Out Farno, you're Laddie H, host of Flat Out Pride on your Free FM dial. If you're a Waikato local with an idea for your own show, Free FM would love to hear from you. Check out our website, freefm.org.nz, or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, holy cow, what to wear and your hair, what a mess, pick a dress, oh my gosh, are you mourning a death, take a breath, what a look, I mistook you for butternut squash, oh my gosh, keep it soft, keep it bright, be a girl, something pink, don't you think, just a touch, not too much, he likes you, just be you, he won't care what you wear, I don't know, should I go with the pink or the blue? What to do for someone who is nothing short of wonderful, nothing short of wonderful. Just a girl, just a guy, but it's him and it's you and it's true what you've heard. Like a bird, how you lift in your chest feels a pull like you're full of a joy. Is a boy interrupted your shift? Like something, nothing short of wonderful Oh, it was nothing short of wonderful What if when we're dancing, I'm clumsy, our feet collide What if when we're dancing, he dips me Theatre nerds, near and far, you are backstage once again with Mel and Mike. Our musical of the week this week is Dogfight. And opening up for us today was that track, Nothing Short of Wonderful, from the original Broadway cast. You know, I've never listened to the cast recording, actually, until today. All right. Uh, And I have to admit that I legitimately enjoyed Hannah Doherty's version much, much more. Uh, Hannah, of course, played Rose in the Bold Theatre season of Dogfight at the end of um, 2019. Now, I'm not sure why, but I feel compelled to check in with you, Mike. How are you and your projects faring? 
This seems to be your go-to question each week. Well, <laughs> so much changes in, in the short, short time we don't see each other. Yeah, it does. Uh, we are knee-deep in rehearsals for Geezers, which I'm really enjoying, mm-hmm. and having great communication also with the playwright, Tommy Lee Johnston. Wonderful. Who is delighted to be in touch with, uh, you know, a, a community group doing his play on the other side of the world. Yeah, cool. He it's fabulous. Is he American or British? He is American. Cool. It's an American play. Um, but Tommy Lee is very forthcoming with lots of stuff. I've, I've even sent him sketches of my set and explained how that's all going to work. And he's oh, really, that's nice. He's really involved and he's watching on social media and everything. And it's the first time, I, um, other than with April Phillips, it's the first time I've had uh, such great communication or such consistent communication yeah. with uh, a playwright about their work. Oh, you should film it so we can see it. I, I'm really tempted to and I want to ask him if that's okay if we sure you know, do, a, do a video, really just for his benefit more than anything. Totally. Because uh, he seems really genuinely excited by what we're up to. So that's occupying really just about 99% of my brain at the moment. Yep. But in uh, Sunday week's time, 26th, 27th of um, what month are we in? February. <laughs> February, there we go. Uh, we start rehearsals 26, 26th of February for, uh, 27th of February for um, Blood Brothers. Oh, that's, yes, and I that is, quick, that's going to take some of my grey matter just sort of getting back, back into that. You'll but be busy every night of a week for a Pretty much, months. because uh, Playbox, Hamilton Playbox Theatre rehearsals at Riverley on Mondays and Wednesdays mm-hmm. and Sundays, and uh, Hamilton Musical Theatre rehearsals on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and also Sundays. So... <laughs> <laughs> For those of us involved in both, and there are three of us, I think, that are going to be involved in both projects. Ooh. So we will be at the theatre Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. And, all and day pretty on much Sunday. all day Sunday. Ooh. Hey-ho. Hey. My apologies to my loving fiance Linda, who uh, puts up with all of this. I don't know why she loves you. <laughs> <laughs> That's an ongoing question. Um, end of the year, of course, we've got the Christmas show at Riverley Theatre, which is Saturday Night Fever, and I'm super excited with that. We're getting the A-list uh, production team ready for that. It's and, a cool creative um, team on we, it. Yeah, we've, we've had uh, one quick meeting already um, from a producer's point of view. Uh, we'll bring the creative team together fairly soon so that we can have a chat about what we want to achieve and so on, and then awesome. try and sort of put it on the back burner till maybe about June, July, before we hold auditions and yeah, then yeah, start getting really serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's part of the whole attitude of wanting to keep things going and wanting to keep projects going, even if in the end we may not even get across the line. At least we've got something to work on, something to express ourselves with. Yeah. But how is it for you, on the other hand? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm not working on a heck of a lot. I am just working on uh, The Shepherd and the Beekeeper, and that's just plotting away slowly. They've just started rehearsing uh, with two wonderful actors from Auckland. Uh, I you've got a wedding. I've in got just a wedding. A month. Uh, that's a bit stressful. Only in <laughs> that, uh, please, all of our friends and family don't get COVID and right yeah. before our wedding and have to isolate and not be able to come. Yeah, so that would, that would be sad. We've got our eyes on the guest list at the moment is the main stressor there. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, finally, HMT's production of um, Mamma Mia got on the boards. Hit the boards, yep. And, and it's just about over, in fact. By all accounts, everybody's loving it. Yep, everybody is loving it. The reviews have been great. The cast are really grateful to finally have their show on the road. Uh, so that's a success all around. Uh, and I managed to catch Elsie, which was one of the Boil Up projects yeah. at the Meteor last week, yeah. uh, by Lily Epsom and performed by her and her sister Lauren. And it was lovely. It was really beautiful and touching. And, you know, I came out into the... Uh, the foyer at the end and there were people literally in tears. I was going to say, a very personal um, piece. It was a very personal piece. Yeah. So it was nice to just go and be amongst the community again and see the people at the Meteor and, you know, mingle. 
if we, as we go into our third year of this kind of weird existence, it um, does make you really grateful for the fact that we were able to do some of this stuff. And we do not take that for granted anymore, I think. Well, and you can't. We touched on this with the last episode that we did when we talked about swings and understudies and so on. Yeah. We are now preparing for the kind of reality where we need to think about contingencies much more than we used to. Yeah. And that, I think, brings it home every time we do something and every time we get something into rehearsal stage. We are really, really lucky to be able to do this. Well, and it's like we sort of, well, we keep talking about is that pe- things are getting cancelled all the time still, even in the week that between episodes. You know, like I've just learned today that come from away isn't coming in April anymore. Yeah. Um, they haven't rescheduled their dates, but to quote the official website, and I've got it here, uh, the New Zealand season of the award-winning production Come From Away is being rescheduled due to the continuing impact of COVID-19 on the international border and the unpredictable nature of the Omicron variant. Initially scheduled for April and May, the producers are disappointed to have to make this call, but look forward to announcing the rescheduled dates shortly. Bloody shame. Bloody shame indeed, but uh, there is every indication there that they are committed to bringing it at some point. I hope so. Yeah, I really do too. My butt's Such clenched. An amazing show. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big shame. But we'll, of course, be keeping our finger on the pulse and we'll keep track of the new dates when they are announced. Mm-hmm. Let's not say if, but when they're announced. Yep. There's still a lot of that going around at the moment, particularly in the live arts sector. Uh, productions are still being cancelled left, right and centre, as Mel has already said. If you And you might think that um, maybe we should stop trying to do shows right now, but to my mind, that ain't going to fly. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I've been pondering this myself, actually, and, and have to give props to the societies who financially just can't afford to take that risk. Because yeah. it's not—it's actually not an easy decision to make to, to not put on a show. Yeah, keep your theatre dark for the next 12 months. Who wants to do it, that? It's horrific. Uh, but there, there are other groups and organisations who keep putting on shows, like we've already, already mentioned, because... We just have to. Eventually, mm. there'll be a break in the storm, and we all kind of just want to be ready for it when it comes. And and there have been shows that I have managed to slip through unscathed. So I think we're also hoping that our production will be the production that makes it to the finish line. <laughs> um, we were all hoping that. <laughs> yeah, I know we've both felt that way at various times over the last couple of years. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, there are there are several that got to the stage with battle scars as well, like totally. Mama Bia took what three years to finally get from an initial you know couple casting and everything, hits, you know, yeah. from twenty nineteen through to twenty twenty two before it was on. That's right. Um, the Blues Brothers show that I was involved in in Tauranga in twenty twenty that took well, about nine months before we finally got there. And and Assassins. Then you've got others that, yeah, others that squeaked through before various uh, closures meant that they couldn't. And then the others who are the ones we really feel for, like uh, Tauranga Musical Theatre's uh, Les Mis, oh, got as far as uh, doing their dress rehearsals before they uh, found that they really just financially couldn't couldn't commit to doing any kind of a season with, with you know audiences of a hundred. I'm so sad discount. about that. I really wanted to see it. I did too. Um, there was a lot of social media stuff from the people I know who are in the cast, though, and all of them expressing the same thing, that they were personally and individually and as a collective really thrilled and proud of what they achieved getting as far as they did, knowing yeah. full well the environment they were in. Yeah, good. It's not the same as having an audience uh, and having a season. No. But at least you get the opportunity to work on something, take it as far as you possibly can. If that means getting even up to, you know, dress rehearsals in costume, makeup, doing it, for a few select people that were able to get there, but just doing it to prove you can do it, yeah. you know, that's something. You've still created a piece of art. Yeah, and, it, and I think that's what drives more of us than not. 
Yeah, I think I agree. Okay, now that COVID has tainted the conversation once again for us, let's get down to the business that we're here for and bring you everything we know about our musical of the week, Dogfight. So I'm going to hand over to Mel here because she's the one that's done all the research. I've seen the show, of course, the Ball Theatre production in yeah. 2019. Yeah, I saw, so I saw that production. I haven't seen the movie, but I have read about it. I've got my own personal views about it, but mm-hmm. tell me what you know. All right, well, we'll talk about our personal views, I'm sure, at some point. So Dogfight is a musical with music and lyrics by Pasek and Paul uh, and a book by Peter Dukan. It is an adaptation of Nancy Savoka's 1991 film Dogfight, which is hailed as a coming-of-age drama set in San Francisco, California during the 1960s and exploring the love between 18-year-old Marine Eddie Birdlace, who was played by River Phoenix in the film, uh, on his way to Vietnam and a young waitress, Rose. The show sets itself in the memory of Lance Corporal Eddie Birdlace. It's November 21st, 1963. Arriving in San Francisco, Eddie and his marine buddies take the town by storm on their last night in the United States. As a part of the festivities, they all participate in, quote, the dogfight, a game with simple rules. Each guy puts 50 bucks in the pot, and the one who brings the, quote, ugliest date to the party wins the lot. So Eddie and his mates set off to scale the city for potential dates. Obviously, this is where Eddie meets Rose, a shy waitress. She's playing guitar quietly in a corner booth. He flirts with her, eventually inviting her to be his date. Not knowing the true purpose of the evening, Rose is obviously excited to go on her first date. All the guys end up with someone they think they, that could take the ugly prize, including Boland, who breaks the established rules of the dogfight by inviting Marcy, who is a wisecracking, near-toothless prostitute eager to win a share of the cash prize that comes with being deemed the ugliest date. And what I think is supposed to be a redeeming part of the story and character, Eddie starts to question his plan as he walks around town with Rose and gets to know her. He tries to suggest they go somewhere else, but Rose thinks that means he's too embarrassed to be seen with her, and so he's stuck in between the rock and the hard place of wanting to show her that he's cool with taking her out, but also not wanting her to be humiliated at the party. Uh, So the story would end there if they didn't go in. So they do. At, <laughs> at the table with his friends and their dates, Eddie basically just gets drunk and more and more sour, angry. He tries unsuccessfully to keep Rose off the dance floor during the slow dance, which, unbeknownst to her, is when the ugly contest is officially judged. As you would expect and hope, Marcy is... Well, I don't know if you would expect it, but as you would hope, Marcy is, is crowned the ugliest date of the night, making Boland the winner of the dogfight. Uh, and, and still, Rose has no idea it's all even happening. Until not long after that, in the loo, Marcy tells Rose everything, uh, reveals all. Oh, yeah. the dogfight, the money, yeah. etc. And Rose reacts as you would expect. Exactly as you'd expect. Rose is distraught. She she goes back out, she slaps Eddie, she tells him she hopes he dies, and she runs home to lament on how she was stupid forever believing a boy might actually want to take her out. And that's the end of Act 1. Now, I personally think the show would be better if it ended there, and I, I don't mean that scathingly. I mean that I genuinely... From a story arc from a story view, From yeah. a story point of view, you know, like it, it would have been a sad show but it you know it would have made a little bit of sense uh there is an act two though in which we're supposed to believe that eddie is completely reformed and and this is all on the same night so this is like immediately following the dance they've just met that night as well uh so we're we're meant to believe that eddie is completely reformed uh and 
that Rose is so ugly and or self-loathing that she agrees to let him apologize. So he comes back, he apologizes. She says, yep, that's cool, great, love that. <laughs> um, Eddie leaves his buddies who are celebrating their successful dog fight slash night. He apologizes to Rose at the diner. It takes some convincing, but eventually he coaxes her out on a real first date. They share dinner at a fancy restaurant, supposedly meaningful conversation to cut through Eddie's tough exterior and bravado. Then they take in a view of the Golden Gate Bridge where Rose admits to Eddie that despite its unpleasantness, the dogfight helped her understand that she can no longer allow herself to be defined by what other people think of her. Wow. Thanks, Eddie. Thank yeah. you for revealing that to me. Uh, if that all weren't enough, they talk into the early hours of the morning until Rose nervously invites him home with her, where they lose their virginity together. And I think it's supposed to be romantic, but uh, it's more awkward than anything else, I feel. Uh, in the morning, Eddie re- just he returns to the Marines. He heads overseas, where he will join the Vietnam War. Uh, across a brief closing montage of the show, Eddie fast forwards through the next four years, seeing his friends killed in action, not once writing to Rose or or communicating with her, and generally of it just becoming a more broken version of himself. So this is in spite of him having that great epiphany and change of character at the end of Act 1? Yep, mm. that's exactly, yes. Uh, and so eventually, at the end of that montage, he arrives back in 1967, San Francisco, at the end of the war, or when he's come home from war. He finds Rose still at the same diner she was working at, compassionate as she always was. She welcomes him back with loving arms. And that's the end of the show. Oh, what an uplifting, heartwarming story. I just feel like all of Act 2 is redundant. Mm. Like the show, I feel like the show itself, uh, outside of any productions of it, is problematic. That's yep. my person. Anyway, if you couldn't tell, I have some serious <laughs> problems with the plot, plot and or story. Um, I don't know that it should ever have been turned into a modern musical, but before we get into any of that, let me give you some of the facts, because once again, there aren't actually that many, because it is you know fairly modern yeah the musical opened off broadway on july in july of 2012 at the second stage theater and concluded that limited run in august the same year the production was directed by joe joe mantello and choreographed by christopher gatelli its original production starred lindsay mendez as rose and that's who we're listening to today Derek cleaner as eddie and josh Segarra as boland after that, the most notable notable production of Dogfight played at the Southwark. Is that how you say it? Southwark Playhouse in London, Southwark, Southwark. I don't know. I'm not a local. So. <laughs> Southwark Playhouse. Southwark, probably. I don't know. Southwark Playhouse in London from August to September of 2014, and that production was directed by Matt Ryan and starred Laura Jane Mathewson and Jamie Moscato. The first New York regional production played White. Plains Performing Arts Centre, September 2014. Uh, that was produced by WPPAC and the Harrison Summer Theatre. The Australian premiere was presented by Neil Gooding Productions in May of 2015. The first fully translated production of Dogfight, uh, it was in Dutch, and that opened in June of 2015 in Amsterdam. The Chicago premiere of Dogfight opened in September 2015. The San Francisco premiere opened in also September of 2015. Oh, on October the 2nd of 2015, Dogfight made its New Zealand premiere with Auckland Music Theatre with direction by Katie Flood. Uh, and that's from Wikipedia, so good work, Auckland Music Theatre, for adding yourself on there. The Irish premiere of the show took place in Cork uh, in 2016. The, in a complete German translation, uh, 
it, the German premiere was in May of 2017, Belgium in April of 2019, the Scandinavian premiere opened in Oslo of, in August of 2019, and of course, Hamilton's own Bold Theatre produced Dogfight in 2019, just before COVID hit our shores, uh, and that one featured Patrick Ward, Hannah Doherty, Courtney Mail and a whole heap of other well-known local performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can I just say, because I think long en- um, enough time has passed, and I've been thinking it for nearly three years, Hannah Doherty, in no world are you, quote, ugly enough to play a character like Rose, and I really wish more had been done to make you look le- less like beautiful you. Oh, I yes, agree. That's all I really have to say about that. I think you've said, uh, said plenty and, and said it well. Um, I think I can see why you'd take some exception to Dogfight, and I have many of the same misgivings about that kind of storyline, especially when it's every effort is made to try and wrap it up within a you know the typical musical theatre story arc where you've got to have a happy ending. And you can see that. Plot holes aside, though, a show like this maybe had its place in the early 2000s when it was created, but, you know, 20 years on, Mm. and the life of a storyline like this is is a huge amount. As uh, general society, we're really just not that big on negativity anymore and objectifying people the same. This also, I know that they would argue that this is of a time, you know, telling a story of a time back in 1963. That's right. Therefore, um, you know, you've got to show, you know, warts and all. And I agree with that, you know, if you're doing something that really has historical importance or or needs to be era specific, Mm. I I totally agree with that. But I think a different. Uh, a different arc to the story would have been better and a different message to come out of it would have been better. Uh, his shallowness and everything is not really... I don't think it's handled properly. I think it made more, it makes more sense in the context of the 1991 movie because that's what all the movies were about at that point. And, you and know. it wasn't as interrupted with songs. Let's, let's be <laughs> plain that's about right. that. You know, a two-hour movie yeah. or an hour-and-a-half movie is all about the dialogue and character development that moves along. With a musical, you're dealing with a whole bunch of other... Stuff. Um, conventions. Yeah. And that sometimes can get in the way of the clarity of the message. So, um, and I'm, let's also, I must also say that, you know, I think um, Bold Theatre did a great job with their production. I think they totally. also did a great job choosing that play, that yeah. uh, show, as they have with all of their productions. They choose things that make you go, hang on a minute, I'm not sure I really get it. I'm not sure I like it. There are things about it that make me feel a bit un, yeah, which is what Bold Theatre is all about. That's and right. Good on them for doing that. I, I just didn't... When I watched it here, I thought great performances, really well staged, mm. and I got what it was all about, but I, like you, felt like it was just too cut, pat and dried and cut and, you know, packaged and it didn't really satisfy me. I think something I thought at the time about the show, and again, it's all production value aside, is that you can sort of see it's where Pasek and Paul were learning and, yeah. and trying to write their first show, and so they did. Yeah. Alright. Well, that was Musical of the Week. Dogfight, don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Close the window, draw the curtain Hide the bright light of the moon Hang the dresses, ugly dresses 
likes maroon Wipe off all that stupid lipstick And turn the earrings to their case Makeup won't make any Same old face Isn't it funny Pretty funny from our musical of the week, Pasek and Paul's Dogfight. 
Now, you mentioned earlier just how much, uh, how nuts theatre people must be to regular people looking in. Uh, Mel, you often say that when you describe us as nerds anyway. Oh, yeah. Especially right now when uh, the live arts are in such a tumultuous time. We must seem like we're pretty odd. I, I, well, and also not right now, you know, all of all COVID aside, I've, I have been asked how well theatre pays. I've been asked what kind of cash comes in at the end of a show. Um, people are shocked uh, to find out it's if all, if anything. That was me not swearing, did you notice? Uh, it's if all, if anything. Uh, so let's start the discussion. Okay, we know the, uh, what the theatre blogs and the arts therapy practitioners are saying about performance and live art and so on. They all say the same thing. It's healing, it's helpful, it's vital, it's part of our fabric of life. And yeah. It is uh, enabling us all to have expression. But what that really means is theatre reminds us that we are not alone. It's actually a, a binding device for mm. society generally. We're sharing space. And an experience with the artists who are performing, um, you know, that we become one. And you know that from being on stage, you know when the audience is with you, you know it when you're watching a, a performance that you really engage with, you become involved in what's happening on stage. And that is something that, um, you know, it's very difficult to, uh, where am I going with this? It's It's... We're sharing the experience with fellow audience members. It's necessary, I think I'm trying to say, yes. for human connection. And this kind of life that we're living at the moment is pretty vital. It is super vital. And we know this is a general rule as a, as a well-formed research fact, in fact, um, but it still doesn't reach into the guts of why we do theatre. Yeah. Um, I, I do theatre because I can't not. You know, ever since the day I first set foot in a rehearsal, I thought, oh, this is what I've been missing. Oh, gosh. This is what I've been missing my whole life. And, I mean, I was only 17 at the time, so my life wasn't very long. But <laughs> I was very much younger. In fact, I think I was preschool. I might have told you this you story You grew before. up in theatre, eh? Kind of. Uh, much against my, well, probably to the bafflement of my father, but much to my mother's encouragement. Mm. Um, I was preschool when I was first put in front of an audience to just be a little character in, in a, my sister's school end of year kind of thing mm. and it was only a classroom full of people but as soon as I went out and realised that I was part of something that other people were doing around me and we were telling a story and everything it just kind of made sense to me yeah. and I'm like you I can't now see my life without it and the times when I have not been able to be on stage or be involved in a production in some way have been kind of the years that I that I regret the most you know, sure. you, you shouldn't go through life with regrets, but I regret the fact that for several years of my life, I, I kind of was away from all of that sort of stuff. Mm. And it made my life seem that much more pedestrian and that much more empty. When I was able to get back into the theatre world again, it just it kind of like was opening the floodgates, you know? It all makes sense again. Yeah. And yeah. I can't imagine, it, it's my happy place, it's the place that makes sense to me. And like you, I cannot imagine not wanted to do it. Yeah, I just, just have to. to be part of it. Yeah. I just have to do it. Uh, so then we arrive in present day, it's 2022. COVID's been rife in the world for the last couple of years. Uh, performing artists and people working in live events are still crossing their fingers for an eventual end to it all. But until then, we all face the continual... Well, we all risk continual disappointment. Indeed. When we think back on our past theatre experiences, we all think about 
the wonderful stuff, you know, the opening nights, the the adrenaline, the uh, gratification of seeing seats filled up with people that we don't even know, the yeah. cast parties, the on-stage bloopers, the rehearsal injuries, the accolades because it's clearly the best show that's ever been staged <laughs> in the world. And <laughs> all the people telling you it's wonderful, darling. <laughs> yeah. All of that stuff is, is great for endorphins. Yeah, totally. And uh, in, in this way, even though some of us don't get the chance to perform, and you've already touched on this, and here's looking at you, TMT, despite months and months of hard work and rehearsals, we embrace just the art of theatre without the thrills, yep. without the accolades and the reviews. It's the other stuff. Yeah. It's no small matter because it takes a huge amount of discipline to bring a work of art to the world. The choice is to dedicate ourselves to something we believe is so important that we happily give up yeah. everything else to dive into the hard work of learning lines, learning blockings, learning music, struggling to understand your characters, building costumes, building sets, scouring for props, hanging lights, publicising the production, all that other stuff that yeah. goes into it before the curtain even opens. It's all a massive. And, and the opening night parties and the cast parties are all part of the experience, for sure. But the ultimate gratification, and I think one not lo lost to artists in the com com theatre communities, especially now, is the community we create around a project. And committing to the play, accepting our roles or volunteering to support the production behind the scenes, we make pacts with each other. We agree to a shared purpose and, under the guidance of our director, a shared vision for, you know, a teamwork for what we want to achieve on stage. Yeah, well put. What we learn about ourselves and about each other in making that commitment and creating that community, however brief our time together might be, is something that stays with us Almost forever. That's I can, what you I can, remember. I can remember all that stuff from shows I did 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, and that's really weird. I can't remember what I did last week, let alone... But I can but, remember you know, how tight me and that cast of Jesus Christ Superstar were. <laughs> yeah. The ability to commit to a difficult task and have the resolve to see it through, no matter how hard it might be at the moment, is one of the most important skills any of us are ever going to acquire in life, I think. The mm -hmm. work done is never wasted because, in the end, you are that much better for it. And that really puts a full stop on why why we do theatre because every experience, every show teaches us something that we didn't know before. And no matter how foul the experience or how wonderful, um, I <laughs> and we've had both. Totally, <laughs> I think we've all had both. I personally come out on the other side always a, a better version of myself, and that is why I cannot do not do theatre. Live arts will persist for exactly that reason, Mel. In Shakespeare's day, theatres were shut down repeatedly because of the recurring plague. Yeah. But you know what? They kept going. During a period not long after that, the Puritans rose to power in England and Parliament shuttered theatres for nearly two decades. Can you imagine that? Yeah. What was enacted as a temporary ban in 1642 in the name of public safety was made permanent in 1648. And it wasn't till the restoration of the monarchy some 12 years later that the theatre came roaring back, but it did that with a vengeance. I suspect there was a lot of underground stuff going on. I would you know? say so. Not only did it come roaring back, it came back transformed. That was when we saw women on stage for the first time. Yes. And plays written by women became staples of the repertoire as well. Meaning that so too, in our time, we will also see transformation because there's no great big event or trauma that doesn't bring with it some kind of renewal. And this pandemic isn't, you know, the grass will grow again. Yeah. You know, and we don't know exactly how it's all going to pan out, but we know for sure that theatre as an art form is pretty resilient. Again, well said. The only other thing we haven't touched on in all of this is that as we move forward in life, we discover the skills developed in theatre are actually really useful in everyday mm -hmm. life. In theatre, you've learned to commit to your purpose 
to reflect on and process complex information, to think on your feet, mm-hmm. to make sometimes really difficult choices, to respect structure, honour deadlines, to work cooperatively, and that's huge. And for some people, that's something they don't get anywhere else. Yeah. Anyway. And to communicate better than you ever did before. And above all, you've learned to roll the punches because anyone who does theatre knows that best laid plans not only go awry, they sometimes knock you sideways if you let them. Yeah. As we have learned not to let them, um, you know, you become that much stronger and that much better for it. Totally, and as we're just resilient peeps, we're theatre nerds, so we know that <laughs> we know that nothing beautiful comes easily. And in this way, we um, we actually have a pretty big advantage over others who haven't had the pl- pl- what am I trying to say, the privilege or the pleasure of bringing stories to the stage. Yeah. And and we remember that advantage in persisting and not giving up and hoping for the best in our th- theatrical endeavours and. That's why we just keep putting the shows on even though COVID might hit. Some shit you'd never do Talking queer Why the hell are you still here? And we go
what you pictured, but all right. So take her out. Give him a shot. Cause people can surprise you. Or not. And we go. You are backstage with Mel and Mike, and we're heading towards the end of things today, so it's well and truly time to get your calendars out for a brief overview of what's coming up around the place soonish. By the way, that track was called First Date Last Night. It's from Dogfight, our musical of the week, and the original cast recording. At the Meteor, yes, uh, nothing. What? The Meteor's closed. As closed for bathroom renovations. Woo-hoo. Yes. Uh, we'll let you know when we hear of its reopening. Woo-hoo I'm sure there'll for, be a party. Woohoo for the lose. <laughs> woohoo for well the lose. Over, well overdue, but uh, glad that's happening. Riverley Theatre, Playbox are rehearsing for Geezers by Tommy Lee Johnston. We hit the stage of, on, of, for that on uh, March 26th. And Hamilton Musical Theatre are about to start rehearsing Blood Brothers on stage in May. Woohoo, can't wait for both of those. Mm. Clarence Street Theatre, fingers crossed, hopefully still have Shrek the Musical, directed by Nick Wilkinson, coming up in uh, April. Hasn't been cancelled yet. And Friends, the Musical parody on stage, one night only, hopefully May 6th. Navarra Lounge have open mic night tonight. Doors open from 6. Bookings to perform are essential, so if you miss out this week, book for next week. And Te Aroha, the Little Theatre, haven't planned yet, but are planning a 22 reschedule of Death and Taxes by April Phillips. I understand they're still rehearsing, I think it's twice a month, just to keep the, oh, keep the, keep the play going I before they can that. fix on some dates, which is good. Gaslight Theatre in Cambridge, Conjugal Rights by Roger Hall is going to be coming up in April, and Things I Know to Be True by Andrew Bovell, or is it Bovell? Uh, auditioning for that is happening for soon. Happening soon, I should say. Mutter, mutter, dramatic society. Any port in a pandemic by Richard Previtt is hitting the stage in April from the 23rd to the 30th. Potaruru Theatre Players uh, have moonshine the musical. April is the scheduled time for that. Thames Music and Drama are still planning to stage Mamma Mia, directed by Diane Connors. That's in May this year as well. Rotorua Musical Theatre Song Contest, the Almost Eurovision Experience, directed by John Drummond, is next month. Tauranga. 16th Avenue Theatre have The Life of a Funny Girl. That's presented by Drag Race Down Under star Anita, Anita Wiglet. That's on February 26th. Tauranga and the Detour Theatre, they have The Hardco- Hardcase Hotel, which is written by Devin Williamson. That's coming up March 24th to April the 9th. And Tauranga Musical Theatre, now that Les Mis has been cancelled, I have That Bloody Woman coming up. That's directed by Daryl Nitschke. And that hits the stage in April I as well. Really hope that goes ahead. Theatre Fakatane, the last five years, directed by Sam McLeod, February 24th to the 26th. Very short season for that, but it will be well worth seeing if you can get there. School of Rock the Musical, directed by Sue Harris, April's 27th through to May the 14th. Auckland Theatre Company, Grand Horizons by Bess Wall is still on stage. That's directed by Jennifer Ward-Leland. That's on now with its limited seating capacity until March the 5th. And unfortunately, Lysander's Auntie by Trick of the Light duo Hannah Smith and Ralph McCubbin Howell has been cancelled with no plans to reschedule. Must be really hard in Auckland if you have to cancel something to try to find another uh, opportunity to do it. The calendar gets so tight. When they book these things, like any of us, I suppose, book these things well in 
in advance. Yeah, months in advance. Auckland Live have come from away, uh, still on their books, as we mentioned at the start of the show, in case you missed it. It has been postponed for this year um, so far, as we mentioned earlier. No rescheduled dates at this stage. I believe they're still hoping sometime this year. I, uh, but it could be next year. My fingers are crossed. Yeah. By way of upcoming auditions and opportunities, Rotorua Musical Theatre have put the call out for creative team for their 22 season of The Colour Purple. You can jump on their Facebook page for a little bit more information on how to submit really, your interest. Really tempting to think that you might want to commute through to Rotorua to be part of that. Oh, it is so tempting. Isn't it? I have con- am still considering <laughs> putting my name in the hat, but... Oh, Welcome uh, to the world of long-distance performers and directors. Yeah, well, and that's what I keep saying to myself. I think, oh, if Mel Nicholson can do it, and she does shows in Tauranga and Whakatane and Rotorua, yeah. and you do it, yeah. I mean... Maybe, maybe I can do it. you can do it. Maybe you could. You just need a very, very understanding partner, which I, which do, I know you've got in Kate. I do so have good. that in Kate. But, but Colour Purple is a show that I know would be on your bucket list. It is on my bucket list. Um, it's a beautiful show. I think it's really tremendous that Rotorua Musical Theatre are going to do it. Well, it's like we talked about last week. It's perfect yeah. for their audience and Absolutely. for their membership. Yeah, I really hope they get a great turnout for auditions. Yeah, me too. Um, Probably a whole lot more we could talk about for 2022, but I think that's a pretty extensive list, even for the fact that we're in the situation we're in. Yeah. I mean, we're keeping our fingers crossed for the productions ploughing ahead. As always, there, if there is a show or audition opportunity that you would like us to spread the word about, email us on backstagepodcastnz at gmail.com or let us know when you see us at the theatre did, like a young gentleman did when I saw it was at the theatre last week. Yeah. He said, hey, Mel, ask me about the podcast. And I, I don't know who you are, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so stoked that you listen, and yay for Hamilton Theatre. Yeah, I, get, I get the odd mention every now and again, which is nice. You know? yeah, and, and, you know, we're not seeking to dominate the world, but it's really nice to get feedback from people <laughs> who, who like the fact that we have a bit of yarn about these things. Um, one of the audition opportunities that will be coming up soon in Hamilton, of course, will be that bloody woman, the Bold Theatre edition. I've been keeping my uh, eyes peeled. The production's due to hit the stage at the end of August. We so don't have any details on that yet, do we? No, I haven't seen anything, so I'm hoping that um, somebody like Courtney or... Um, <laughs> and hint, well, maybe, wink, wink. Maybe Ray will hear the hear the call and say, <laughs> "Right, we're going to hold auditions on this date." I know that there are a lot of people who are, you know, itching to see that get to the boards. Um, yeah, th- there are still things going to be happening, and uh, you know, where we know about stuff, we will tell you. So, if you know something we don't, please do get in touch. Is Chitty Chitty Bing Bang still going ahead? As I've just realised it wasn't on the list. But yeah, as far as I know, it is. But uh, where are know. they? Are they performing at Clarence? That's uh, as I understand it. Yep. Cool. Okay, great. Well, I've heard nothing to the contrary, and I know that they've, you know, cast have been itching to get their teeth into it, and they must be getting ready to start. I mean, like any production that is being worked on, and I guess suppose it read the 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 alert settings yep. will determine whether or not that can go ahead. Brings us almost to the end of another fun-filled episode. So thank you so much for joining us wherever you've found us, whether it's been live on the wireless or whether you've picked us up by podcast. On the wireless. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw that in there. <laughs> uh, however you've done it, you know we appreciate the fact you've taken the time to sample what we do. That we caught you and you stayed. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you Free FM as well for hosting us. Thanks Creative Waikato for sponsoring us. Backstage is available so you can catch up on accessmedia.nz, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And Mel will be sharing all of our new content on our Instagram story, also on Facebook. I sure will. So go and have a follow. Go and tell all your friends to follow. Today's Last Jam is another stunner of roses. It's called Before It's Over. I've been Mel. He's been Mike. You've been backstage. Stay classy, theatre nerds. See you.
An awkward girl with her guitar, peeping to herself. Friday nights alone, with the records on her shelf. A waitress pouring ginger ale and coke. Someone you ask out as a joke. I've been that girl who fades away, accepting what I've got. Stuck in what I am and everything I'm not. I've only seen this tiny world I'm in, where I can only be what I've been. See, I walked beautiful and strange, spinning off somewhere, saying. Before it's over, before it's over, I can't go write another song. I'm too afraid to play or dream how things could change, but only see what's in my way. Can't go back to what I was before. Now that I can see so much more. Happy that I came. Happy that I'm here. I can see a world beautiful and strange. Can you see it too? Before it's over. Well, I better shove off soon. Got to get to a party. Say, maybe you'd like to go with me. A, a party? Oh, well, I am.、Um... If you don't want to go, just say so. Well, it's just. I mean, I just met you. Well, you know my birthday now. Showed you my middle name. See, I'm an open book. Have a look. This ain't no pickup game. 
I heard your pretty voice Then we saw eye to eye On all that music stuff Not on fluff We didn't have to try Now isn't that rare That kind of connection So why not come to a party with me Why not come to this party A five piece band I'll take your hand Rose And twirl you around Buy you a drink Don't stop to think Say yes Come to a party with me Just say yes. I don't know, Eddie. My old man's always saying you can't steal second base with your foot on first. Sometimes you gotta gamble, Rose. You can bet on me. Born in Buffalo to humble Christian folks. My old man raised me right, real polite. No telling dirty jokes. A Wally Cleaver type. Ate every Brussels sprout. My mama's pride and joy, golden boy. Your average Eagle Scout. <laughs> Now look at these eyes. They ain't gonna hurt you. So why not come to a party with me? Come on, it's just a party. A great excuse to cut it loose, Rose, and do what you feel. Hey, just for a night, no holding tight, let go. Let's go. Come to a party with me. Gonna be a real nice time. Come on, what do you say? If I go, well, you know, Ma would be here on her own. She would die. I could lie. I couldn't lie to my. If I go, she would know. Look, I'm not ready. We're closing and Eddie. I've still gotta work. Come on, don't be a jerk. Give it back, Eddie. Stop. Look, I still got. Glad we met. I gotta get Rose, but gosh, you seem swell. Still, it's a shame. I thought if you came, who knows? Maybe we coulda have a good night now. Eddie, wait. I'm going with you, okay? Just let me run upstairs and change. <laughs> okay. Okay. What a gem! What a pick in a pinch! What a girl for this party! You'll waltz her in. You're set to win once you twirl her around. She'll be a smash. Score you some cash. <laughs> 
off to a party with you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.